Good morning, everyone. Oh, can I? Can we do that again? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. There we go. Okay, okay. Don't you hate those people who get out the front and make you get a little bit more motivated than you feel? Um, uh, too bad. That's how it is with me. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to share from your word this morning. Lord, please prepare our hearts to hear your word, to be motivated and encouraged, uh, even moved or even kicked up the backside if we need it. Lord, your word is um, instructions for our lives. And Father God, uh, as we um, dwell in it for a little while, um, yeah, just prepare us. If there's anything in the way that's distracting us, Lord, please take that from us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Looking at Psalm 51 today, um, can you remember what you did last week? And Sunil can't answer this. Remember what was the psalm last week for those who were here? Psalm 91. Is that correct, Sunil? Yeah, good. All right. Everyone's on the same page. So we had Psalm 91. Today we're doing Psalm 51. If you've got your Bibles or smartphones, I suggest you get them out if you want. Just going to read it out. Um, the reason I've picked Psalm 51, uh, a number of years ago when I was at Bible College, we had a list of assignments. And it was, I thought this was cool. Um, you got to pick two or three. I think it was three. You had to pick three out of the list of about ten. So you can almost like choose your own adventure in a way. And I always tried to pick the easiest ones. Okay? I wasn't an academic I was there because I wanted to learn more about God and that was sort of part of my role. And I chose this one, which was Psalm 51. You had to memorise Psalm 51 and say it to the teacher. I thought, oh, that should be easy. I can just read through it a few times, memorise it, say it to the teacher, get the tick for the assignment. But it's, it's a, what, 19 verses long and it actually does take a bit of, you know, if people have memorised scripture before or memorised something, it takes time. You can't memorise something straight away, which is as long as this is. Um, it's not long once you start reading it, but then to verbalise it back, um, I did end up doing it, thank goodness, but I, I wish I could do it right now for you, which would be semi-impressive, but it was a long time ago, so I have forgotten... It, but I can still read it. Let's read it. Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain on my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from my presence, from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. 
Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice or I'd offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favour on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Pretty deep, pretty personal psalm, isn't it? It's a psalm that I'd like to think that we can all relate to in some way, shape or form. Time for confession, hands up. Has there ever been a time in your life where you felt like rock bottom? Has there ever been a time in your life where you felt like you couldn't even pray to God because you feel so distant from him? Has there been a time in your life where sin has just consumed you and you're like, man, how am I going to get out of this? Has there ever been a time in your life where you thought God was too far away? Hands up. Okay. This is a prayer, a personal prayer from David. Um, the headings in the Bible might indicate that this kind of happened through talking with Nathan, uh, the prophet, uh, after the time he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Um, in Psalm 51, it doesn't actually mention any of that, but we're kind of, kind of putting that together. That this is a rock bottom, God, you're so far away moment in this Bible hero's time. This is a low point in his life. Now, we personally might find it difficult to relate to David in this. So what I wanted to do is to illustrate the points of what's happening in Psalm 51 in a story, an illustration. Now, last time I preached on Psalm 51 at another church filling in, I told this illustration and story, and it's interesting. Someone come up to me, it was a really small church, someone come up to me and said, oh man, like, thanks for sharing that story with me. Like, he really related to the story, and then he started talking about the ins and outs of the story. The story is to illustrate what's happening in Psalm 51. I'm a good storyteller, I know that. I keep telling myself that, but... You can laugh now, that's okay, that was a joke. But what, what the thing is, was I, the best way I can relate to the Bible is, is through stories and telling stories. Maybe that's part of my culture, maybe that's part of my personality. Whatever it is, I want to tell you a story. And if you get enriched in that, great. But what I want you to do is take the biblical points from the story, okay? We're relating it to Psalm 51. I was in high school and there was this massive test, massive test coming up. And, and basically what they said was you have to get 50% or more to be able to proceed to the next, to next year. Okay, 
This is an illustration. It's a story. Don't get too bogged. I'm using myself. I'm putting myself in this situation. Don't shake your heads at me at the end of this story. Go, Brad. All right. Anyway, I was in in preparing for this test. Did a little bit of study. The time came. You know, the students are nervous and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, what I did was I went to the bathroom, ripped out my notes out of my book, stuck them in my pencil case, shoved them up my sleeves, put them in my socks and put them in my pockets. So I had my notes on me for the exam. I was cheating, right? Cheating. I didn't want to fail this this test. Anyway, I went to the test. We all sit in rows, you know, all separated. The teachers walk around, make sure no one, everyone's doing their work. And I had to do this subtly. Get the notes out of my pencil case. Get the notes out of my sleeve. Try not to rustle too loudly. Try and cough as I get the next one out. And I'm using my notes to cheat on this test. The teacher come up to me and said, Brad, you need to leave the room. I've been busted. Okay? Not only that, so the embarrassment of getting up and walking out, is you need to go to the principal's office. Okay? I had a lot of respect for the principal. We got on really well. I'm sitting in the principal's office by myself. Now, you can imagine how I'm feeling at this time. Okay, I'm embarrassed. I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling like I've let myself down as well as, you know, family, dad, whatever it might be. I know I've done the wrong thing and I've done it publicly and I've done it, I've done it well. I've stuffed up well. And in the moments of reflection in the principal's office, it's like, oh, what's going to happen next? You know, what's, what's going to happen? What's the punishment for this what's what's happening and in and in a which seemed like forever the principal comes in and he says well what's what do I have the privilege of of having you in the office he knew quite well he would have been told but he was wanting to hear it from me you understand that he knew what was wrong but he wanted to hear it from me. He wanted me to take ownership of the sin. Yeah. Now, part of me goes, maybe I could come up with a really good excuse. But then, you know, the, the real part of you, that, that's the sole part of you goes, just let it out. You, you just got to tell him. You got to be honest in this. You have to take ownership of what's going on. I said, yeah, I cheated. I pulled out out of my pencil case, out of my socks, out of my pockets, out of my sleeves, these notes that I tried to sneak in to try and help me do this exam. And he goes, oh, okay, well, that's, that's not good. That's, you know, that's, that's the wrong thing. You can't do that. So it defeats the purpose of an exam. We want to know what you're learning not how you can cheat. And then uh, he thinks about it for a minute and then he, he goes, I'll be back in a minute. And then he walks away. 
And he comes back with a bit of paper and a pen. And he goes, um, so what do you have to say for yourself? And I kind of look, what do I have to say for myself? Well, I'm being busted. Well, what else can I say? And he's like, I said, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I, I did this. I knew it was wrong and I did it anyway. And I'm sorry, it won't happen again. I'm totally embarrassed. You know, I'll, I want to I wanna learn from this. I want to move on from this. I don't want to stay in this moment of feeling guilty and embarrassed. I want to actually, actually want to get out of this office, really. But I want to I proceed with life. And he goes, okay, that's all I need to hear. He gives me the bit of paper, which is the exam. He gives me a pen. It's a nice principal's pen. And he goes, well, you better write quickly because the exam's going to finish soon, so get, get on with it. And so he gives me a second chance to do the exam. And, you know, quickly, you know, as, as quick as I could, started writing what I thought was the right answers. In that period of time, do you know how I was feeling when I'm doing this exam? I'm trying to obviously concentrate, but you know how good I felt in that moment of being able to have a second chance to be able to um, feel like I'm, I'm valued still, even though I did something wrong. I'm still part of part of it. The principal didn't have to give me a second chance he could have said well it's, it's a zero like you, you're you've cheated you've done the wrong thing and and maybe you put me on detention or suspension or, or whatever whatever the punishment maybe I deserved but it gave me something that I didn't deserve which was a second chance at it you see where I'm going with this with a fancy pen In Psalm 51, David has stuffed up big time. He's a man of God. He is the king, but he has stuffed up big time. And he is in the principal's office. He's been caught out. Nathan's probably, you know, really spelled it out to him. And he's feeling as low as can be. And then in that period of being in the principal's office, David writes out a prayer. He spells out his heart. And it's on paper for us to read. Now, majority of you put your hand up when I said, has there ever been a time? Remember that? I don't know what you did to get out of that. But I'm sure God had something to do with it, yeah? And I'm sure in that moment when you are, were or are or going to be in a moment where God's distant, where you hit rock bottom, where whatever, whatever's going on, where the sin's taken over, whatever it might be, it is not a quick fix. It is not a quick fix. And what I want to do through that story and through Psalm is, oh, I don't know why R kept coming up. The word R, all these R words started coming, so I, I went with it. And uh, I 
didn't try to force it too hard, but it might feel forced if, if you're listening to me a little bit. The first word that comes to mind is rebellion. Okay? What's happening here? The seven, seven of these R words. If you're a point taker, you can, do, you can write these down. Rebellion. Rebellion, we know what rebellion means. It's a rebellion against God. We're doing the opposite of what God wants. We're sinning, we're rebelling, we're going against him or against others as well. You know, for, for, for David, he, in, in, in committing adultery, he committed murder as well, if you know that story. Um, this guy really went to town when he was consumed by lust, consumed by sin. Verse 3, verse 4, he recognises his rebellion. It actually haunts him day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. He's acknowledging his rebellion. And I think that's the first step. Whenever you're in that situation, I think we need to recognise, like the principal told, sort of asked me, you know, what have you done? We need to recognise we've rebelled. Okay? The, you know, have you ever been a fr- like, have a friend that goes, they're never wrong? Or you never know anyone, they're never wrong? Or they never apologise? They're hard to get on with. How can you get on with someone who never apologises or was never wrong? Same with us and God. We can't have this uh, interpretation of we're never wrong. We've got to admit Times when we're wrong and we're stuffed up and we rebelled, we've got to admit that. Second point is reflection. You know, in that a time of being in the office of reflection, I think when you rebel and you really hurt someone and really rebel, you can't go from rebellion straight to restoration. It doesn't quite happen like that. There's got to be a moment when you go, yeah. What I've done is wrong. And you almost sit in that. You don't want to sit in that too long. But you want to go, what I've done, yeah, it's wrong. Okay, I, I see that, I'm, I admit that. Okay, what's next? How can I, I keep going? And that happens in um, verse 14. Uh, reflection. It says, forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. He's acknowledging, I guess, the murder part. Of, of that, that sin that he committed, that last, um, he's reflecting on it. Yeah, I, I shed blood. I, I, I kind of, I've done the wrong thing in this. Then there needs to be repentance. All right, third one, repentance. Repentance of sin and seeking forgiveness. And I see that in verse 7. It says, purify my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Uh, that's an image I think I only really hear from the Bible as being made whiter than snow. Uh, we don't, in Penrith, it's pretty rare we see snow. Um, but it's just this biblical image of being made whiter than snow and it's almost poetic. But I think for David, it's, it's this sense of, please clean me. I've done wrong, can you clean me? For, uh fourth one and fifth one we could put together it's renewal and restoration and this is the kind of the fun part this is kind of where we've kind of 
getting little steps out of that, that, that messiness and then we're almost uh, re-establishing where we want to be. And I see that in verse 12 where it says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey. So you can kind of see these little almost reaching out of this, this mess. So he's asking for being restored. In renewal, I see in verse 10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Sixth one I want to point to you guys is, is um, this recommitment. It's a recommitment. So we've gone from rebellion, reflection, repentance, renewal, restoration, and now there has to be a recommitment to what's going on. Like in the office, I had to recommit to doing the exam the proper way. Um, I had to recommit to doing things as the principal and the school structure has asked me to do it. I have to recommit to doing the right thing. And I see that in verse 13, uh, when he says, Then I will teach the ways to rebels, and they will return to you. So he's almost taking it to the next step. I've made mistakes, and, and I, I, I want to feel like in this position, I can teach other people not to go down that path. The seventh one is relationship is restored. I think that's probably where God wants us the most, is to be in relationship with him. If anything I've learned from studying the Bible and reading the Bible, God is all about restoring relationships with himself and his creation, us. That is only done, that is not being done by how many great essays or how many great tests that I can do. That is done by the grace of the principle giving me a second chance. That is done by the love and understanding of the principle to restore the relationship with him in the school. And the same with David and God, same with us and God, is the only way that we can be back in relationship and restored is not because of how many great and wonderful things that we can do to make up for all the other crappy stuff that we do or other sinful stuff or disobedience that we do. It is all about how God loves us. God gives us a second chance not because we necessarily deserve it but because of God's grace. You get that? We don't earn God's favour. We don't earn God's love. It's already there. He already bestows it upon us. And all he wants us is to love him back and and appreciate him and respect him and love him and, and be in his presence. The relationship is restored because of God's love, mercy, forgiveness and grace. And some of my favourite verses we'll finish with is verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. I think for me that sums up what I want to do from when I'm feeling low to where I want to feeling, I guess, in some ways 
don't take this the wrong way, feeling high, um, not by any substance, obviously, but you want to be high and low, you want to be up high, close to God, in relationship with God, then I see this great in me, a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. And verse 17. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. I love that. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. You just imagine, right? I'm in the principal's office and the principal says, have you got anything to say? And if I was a bit of a smart aleck, I said, no, I don't know, whatever, I don't care. Like, Matt probably gets this, all the teachers get this, they get smart out of kids, whatever, what, I don't care. You think my grades, I think I, you think I care about them? You think I you know, care about this test? I don't care. I'll do it again, whatever. Imagine the attitude of the principal. Okay, well, we'll hand out a suspension and we'll hand out, we'll hand out the, the disciplinary action according to your... Attitude, according to your will. But if you come to God with a repentant heart, God won't reject it. Don't you love that? There's so many times in life where we feel rejected or you know we're not quite good enough or whatever it might be. You come to God with a repentant heart, he's not going to turn you away. And that's probably one of the most encouraging things, if, if anything, you can take out of this message, is you are not rejected by God. It doesn't matter what you've done. You come to him repentant, you want forgiveness, you want to seek forgiveness, you'll probably have to go through some of these steps to feel restored in your relationship. But don't you want that? Don't you want to be restored with God? See, today's message was about being Going from rebellion to righteousness, rubble to restoration, recommitment to relationship. They're all the R words I could think of fitted with this. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and the blessings that you pour out on us as your creation, as your, as your children. And Father, my prayer goes out to each congregation member here and online. And, and Father, we, I pray for restoration in our relationship with you. Uh, particularly if sin's in the way and we've done wrong and we've, we've rebelled against you, Father. I pray that you help us through these steps to get back. Um, serving you, honouring you, worshipping you uh, without any distractions or barriers. Lord, if we need help, help us to seek that help, whether it be through a Christian friend, whether it be through Bible study, dwelling in your word, uh, praying, of course, Father, Lord, give us the steps and the methods in, in, in moving us through um, back to you. And Lord, if we're doing great in our relationship with you, then help us not to be blinded by that but help us open our eyes even more to be able to be a witness and encouragement to others 
Help us to get alongside people who uh, are struggling in their spiritual journey. Lord, you're an awesome God and you give us gifts that we don't deserve. Lord, you're an awesome God and you seek us out and you want to restore us to you on a regular basis. Thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for our sin and took that punishment away. And we know the Bible tells us that if we have a loving relationship with Jesus, that, that we get to inherit um, eternity with you. And we know that the Holy Spirit is this wonderful gift, Lord, that strengthens us and guides us and uplifts us particularly in those moments where we're really struggling. Lord, thank you for this congregation. As we continue on this service, Father, Lord, uplift us and encourage us to be more faithful in walking in the, in the, the straight and narrow. But Lord, each step that we take, Lord, I pray is a step closer to you and, and, and help us to love you more. And Lord, help us to serve you more. Help us to worship you more, Father. Help us to be um, enlightened by who you are and who you represent. And that that love that just overflows, Lord, help us to share that with others. Help that love to overflow in us. And we pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.